Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. 8.02 on Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And it is time for your fresh take. John Kelly coming up in about 15 minutes. Over the years, the Major League Baseball Players Association has preached their distrust of ownership and asked for a partnership with owners. The players, after all, are the product, and their approach has served them well. Last year, the average MLB player made $4.3 million, so they're doing pretty well. I should point out that when people complain about how much athletes make, I try to make the point that there is only 750 of them in the world. They're elite. They're the best at what they do. And we pay enormous amounts of money to buy tickets to see them play, wear their jerseys, and watch them on cable TV. So I'm fine with what players make during normal times. And if they don't really want a partnership with owners, that's fine too. Thing is, these aren't normal times. With a national calamity, Players not only need to forge a real meaningful partnership with owners for the time being, but with fans too. At the end of the the day, the owners sign the checks, but it's us, the fans, who pay them. And we miss the players. We miss the game they play. Like Jeff, Jeff Passon said, this week is going to suck because we are going to see a negotiation and they aren't pleasant. But ownership has made their proposal and they're ready to negotiate. They want baseball. Fans want baseball. Let's have a meaningful partnership this year. If the players truly want a partnership and if it's safe for them to play, then they should have a partnership with the fans this year. That's a bond that's already in existence that will only continue to build if they, in fact, come back. And they're they're part of America's emotional and mental healing from what is an unprecedented situation. And there are, Michelle, as you know, a lot of players that pay attention to what's going on. And one of those is Rockies outfielder Charlie Blackman. When was the last time you watched a live event? I mean, so you, you watched the, the NFL draft and that was done remotely uh you know it's just it's just something that we we miss i think it's crazy how many of my friends that i talk to that are that are watching reruns of old baseball games or you know pretty much everybody burns through the michael jordan documentary you know anything that's that's relevant to current events in terms of especially in the sporting world is 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 important to our culture right now good to hear players say that because it is important to our culture and everything he was saying i was listening to blackman and i went bingo and i think how many times randy have we and sat here in st louis which 
is a baseball-hungry town. We live, eat, breathe baseball here. We love baseball in St. Louis. How many people say, man, I've never had the time to watch Angels games. I, I've never really seen Mike Trout, and that's a shame. It's a shame that he's never been to the playoffs or never really made a postseason run because I've never really gotten to see him on that stage. If baseball is coming back and people still have restricted social lives, you're going to get a chance to sample a lot of people and a lot of stars that you really haven't had the chance or really a big opportunity to do or to view because you haven't had the time to do it. We do have the time to do it. If we can carve out two hours on a Sunday to watch a Michael Jordan documentary and that time flies by and when it's over, we're sad. Imagine what it's going to be like when we have live games. We're going to be sampling different teams at different times and I really think that it's going to open up the fandom for a lot of people to not only say, hey, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan, but oh, I'm also a Mike Trout fan because I remember watching a ton of his games during quarantine. Mm -hmm. And we as a society, we are, we're a microwave society. We are instant gratification. And we don't really want to see how the sausage gets made. But you are going to have to deal with a lot of unpleasantness that we're going to have to talk about this week as they move towards baseball. But that's the way negotiations go, whether it's for baseball or whether it's for a stimulus plan. You'll take shots at either side, but the way this works, it, it, ultimately, it is a negotiation. We are going to be happy with watching this thing unfold, but uh, I'm on board with Adnan, and I think most of the people, I think we're going to be happy with the end result once we get to Friday. And I don't blame the players and the Players Association for coming back strong and asking for something else because it is a negotiation and a lot of people don't ever want to take the first offer. And I think there's nothing wrong in coming back and saying, mm, this is what you proposed. It's it's all right, but we want X, Y, Z. And if they don't get it, whittling it down from both sides to get to a certain place. And that's what I, th I certainly hope at the end we come to a resolution. And I think at the, at the end, no one's really going to care how we got to the finish line. Right. You know, they don't care what the race looks like as long as we arrive at the finish line. And we mentioned this off the air and we should mention this on the air that we're an important part of this in St. Louis because the last CBA was essentially negotiated by Bill DeWitt Jr., the Cardinals chairman. He is arguably the most powerful man in baseball. Buster only calls him the godfather of baseball. And when this deal is sealed, if it gets done, it's going to be in large part because of the negotiation of the Cardinal chairman. That is a good tidbit of information. Yeah, he's he's a powerful guy in baseball. And there's a lot of owners that don't want anything to do with that. He's a baseball man through and through, mm -hmm. and he understands both sides. He, he has a great relationship with his players and talks to them all the time. Yep. And obviously, financially, he, he gets it. And I think he's pretty reasonable. Yeah. He's not a guy that's going to act um, extreme one way or the other. Yeah. You, you think when you... As we have in St. Louis, well, we've watched DeWitt operate for a long time. We know it's it's usually pretty pragmatic. And it's, hey, I don't know if it was him or I don't know if it was them, but when it becomes reasonable to replace raises on salaries that average $4 million a year with a chef in the clubhouse, which is essentially what happened in the last CBA, Wow, it's, it's pretty good negotiating. <laughs> Yeah, for him. <laughs> hey, we've got a mic drop from our friend Lisa. We asked earlier, who's going to be the bad guy if baseball is not played in 2020? Here's Lisa. Morning, guys. So I honestly don't care what they make. I realize that they're not rocket scientists, but they are talented, and very few people can do what they do. So I'm smart enough to get that. 
but it is time to put their greedy little asses aside and step up and get this done. You ask who loses, the fans lose, and who's bad, they all are. All of them. Thanks. And that's why, that's exactly what I'm referring to when I say it's unpleasant to learn how the sausage gets made. But what you have to do is just eat it at the end. Don't try to figure out or learn how it got made. Just enjoy it at the end. Yeah, I don't care what's inside the casing. I just want to enjoy a snack. Did you ever have to read that book in high school? We had to read a book about a sausage factory. Oh, Randy. I, when I went to college, initially thought I wanted to go pre-med. And so I was taking a lot of different science classes, including the science of human nutrition. And I had to do an entire, uh, you know, half a semester report on the meat and dairy industry. Oh, my. And that's something I could have gone without knowing how all of that stuff works, how yeah. it's processed. It just... It's, yeah, it's, it's unpleasant. It's unpleasant. The, that's a great way to put it. Unpleasant. The, the book was called The Jungle. And if you are ever interested in reading a book, don't pick that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's by Upton Sinclair, who by all accounts is a very famous and very accomplished author. But you can find better books. Read Eight, eight Men Out. You're listening to this show, Read Eight Men Out. I haven't read that either. It's uh, by uh, an author named Elliot Asinoff, and A-S-I-N-O-V, and it really is my all-time favorite book. I would read it again. Okay. Maybe I should check it out yeah. then. Hey, later on in the show, like at the bottom of this hour, we're going <laughs> to have the fight for you, and we would love to have you text in 65780. Just... Text in with the word fight, and then Freeze Pops will get in touch with you. And if you'd like to participate in the fight this morning, we'd love to have you here on 101 ESPN. That is our fresh take on Carriker and Smallman. Next up, we're going to head to the Blues booth and the TV voice of the Blues on FS Midwest. The one and only John Kelly will join us here on 101 ESPN. This is Carriker and Smallman. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. The Blues booth presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. The home show sale is going on now at Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Update your home with savings on all types of flooring, including solid, reclaimed, wide plank, and more. Visit one of the showrooms in Crestwood, Manchester, St. Peter's, or online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service we always like to visit with our buddy john kelly the voice of the blues on fs midwest who's on the brown and crouppen celebrity line good morning sir good to have you with us hey randy how are you today everything's so far so good john we've been talking a lot about baseball and the state of the discussions between the players association and the owners and a lot of people assume that once this comes to a resolution or not not a resolution, we'll obviously know if we're going to have baseball or not. Randy and I have kind of been in the camp where we're not hearing as much from the NHL and we're not hearing as much from the NBA. And we're kind of wondering if maybe the NHL specifically, while they have kind of a general plan in place of what would, what things would look like if they were to return, if they're not kind of sitting back and waiting to see how things play out with baseball first. Do you think there's any truth to that? Well, I, I, I'm not really sure. You're right. Things have been fairly quiet in the last week or so, or, or even two weeks. Not much has been coming out. And there are a lot of NHL insiders and people that you follow that, that have a lot of great information. Um, I know what you're saying. Um, so I guess in theory, you know, baseball comes back in early July and um, it's going well or it's not going well. And, and perhaps the other sports can learn 
something from it. But in reality, you know, as we know, the NHL would have to make plans in the next two weeks, quite honestly, um, to come back in early July to get the players back and to have a camp in June and have a schedule and things like that. So I know what you're saying, um, but as we know, baseball also has that other dynamic that they are trying to deal with, and that is with the Players Association. So they, they sort of have two hurdles to get over to get back to playing. But, um, again, it's been pretty quiet from the NHL's perspective. Hopefully we'll hear something in the next week or two about their plans. And, and obviously, as a broadcaster and a, a hockey fan, I hope that we do come back and, and sooner than later, obviously. John, it's interesting because the Blues are anxious about coming back. I'm sure that the, the guys that play for Boston and Tampa, can you imagine being a member of the Red Wings or the Senators and the Sharks after two and a half months, three months off and having to come back and play out the rest of a regular season if that's the way it's set up? Yeah, um, you know, you can look at it two ways, Randy. A, a lot of people don't have a job right now, and they, they give their right arm to, to be working and making money. At the same time, I understand how a player from those teams would not want to really come back and get in shape and, you know, and just play perhaps four or five games. And who knows, maybe we'd play the entire regular season. It's about 10 games apiece. But that's why we've heard a lot in the last week about a 2014 playoff where the bottom teams would not be included and then say the teams on the bubble would would have some kind of uh, scenario where they play some games to, to get into the playoffs. Um, I'm not really sure of the dynamics. I don't think they know at this point. But I think that's why, Randy, they've talked at least lately about a 2014 playoff instead of having every team come back. And, John, what would you think of that 2014 playoff but – with a buy, I think if I'm in the blues situation with the layoff, I don't think I'd want a buy. No, I think it could be unfair. You know, just um, in theory, let's just say the blues had a buy and a team like Calgary played Chicago in, in a play in kind of scenario where they play a two or three series and say Calgary won the series. They were a really good team and, and say they would play the blues and they would already have two or three games under their belt. But, Randy, I'm not really sure. I, I've seen some um, writers and read some articles where the teams um, at the top, like the Blues, would play some games to determine standing positioning. Um, because, we, as we know, the Blues are only a couple of points ahead of Colorado. I'm not sure that under a 24-team proposal that the top teams would get a buy. I've read different things, and there are different scenarios. So I think it's it's premature to say that the Blues would get a bye if they do go to that format. John, we've been doing the Play Gloria uh, rebroadcast of the Blues' magical run to their first Stanley Cup uh, championship. And one of the games that we have coming up this week is that an infamous hand pass game versus the Sharks. And it's hard to believe that that was a year ago. It seems like it was 10 years ago that the Blues went on that run. But can you take us back to that game and just what you were feeling after that game? Because I think a lot of people in that moment, obviously hindsight is 2020 and the Blues prevailed and they bounced back in a strong way. But I think in that moment, a lot of people were kind of emotionally torn because they knew the mental resilience of this Blues team. But so many times in the past, something like that would have derailed a Blues team. So if you could just take us back and, and share kind of what you were feeling in the wake of that game well i think i was feeling um anger like a lot of people including the players and the fans i remember talking to colton pareko 
on our post-game show on Fox Sports Midwest, and, and, and he was angry, but you know what? He said we have to move on and forget about it. And that was the message from Craig Berube, and that was a key point in the Blues' march to the Cup, that they put that game behind them. It was a terrible call. As a matter of fact, it was so bad, as we know, they changed the rule this year. That play now would be reviewable, um, but it wasn't last year. So I think that was a key, and it almost galvanized the Blues in that series, and they didn't lose another game, as we know. They they won games four, five, and six to win the series in six games. So um, they, they were smart about it. They didn't complain about it. They didn't let it bother them for a day or two, and they came out and played a really good game four and won, and then were, were by far the better team in games five and six. So I think that was a key part of them winning was putting that terrible you know, ruling, and the referees obviously missed it. They're human, um, but that's the way it goes, and they put it behind them and didn't let it bother them. John Kelly, the voice of the Blues on FS Midwest with us in uh, on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. almost said in the fast lane there. <laughs> Close, Michelle's, Michelle's waiting for me to say that, JK. Uh, but uh, the, the, we have game four, by the way, Friday night here on 101 ESPN. We got a question earlier, JK, about Petro. And uh, we love the guy and we want him to do as well as he possibly can. He's just in a bad situation here with the, this pandemic happening when he was going to be a free agent. Well, no question is bad timing for, for Alex. And, and I'm like you, Randy. I, I, I love him as a player and as a guy. And I'd love to see him stay here and finish his career. Um, but the facts are we're in a unique situation. And not just Petrangelo, but every free agent, whether it's a UF or a restricted free agent, is going to feel a pinch coming at the end of this regular season, whenever it is. Um, there clearly will not be as much money available, and I don't see under any scenario where the salary cap would go up next year, um, whether it remains the same or not, and they negotiate some kind of um, unique deal with the Players Association over the next couple of years to sort of spread out the the pain of what's going to happen here. I don't know, but he, he'll still make a lot of money. He'll get paid by somebody, and hopefully it will be... Lewis Blues, but no question, Randy, it's going to hurt all the free agents here. One other important question for John Kelly, former voice of the Avalanche, couple of Stanley Cup championships there, <laughs> a lover of the Rocky Mountains, and an avid golfer. For those of us that have never played golf in the altitude, John, what what's the difference in terms of clubs? If you get out from 175 yards on a par four, how much do you club down in the altitude? How much of a difference does it make? Man, this is a random question, Randy. I like it. I love golf, as you know. You know, the general rule of thumb that I was uh, told when I was out there is 10%. So if you're 170 yards, then you would subtract 17 yards, and that would be your actual distance. So 153 or so, right? Okay. Um, roughly, yeah, that's that's about 10%, and, and that's the general rule of thumb. So, But it's a lot of fun, especially when you go up. You know, there's a big difference playing – um, in Denver, which is, of course, a mile high, 5,200 feet, as opposed to going up into the mountains, you know, up to Vail or, or wherever, the ball really flies a lot farther up there. So, man, you're, you're a big hitter when you play up in the mountains, you know, <laughs> 7,000 feet. You, you, you feel like a pro then. <laughs> That's got to be fun. I was playing with a guy yesterday that has played a lot in Denver, and I obviously I never have, so I just wanted to get the gauge in 10%. That's a good rule of thumb because once we get back to normal, I'm going to make it out there, and uh, I'm gonna, you, you have to give me advice on a course in the Denver area, and I'm going to get out there and play. 
Happy to do it. It's a lot of fun. Great golf out there. All right. John, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Randy. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. See you. That is the uh, voice of the blues on FS Midwest, the great John Kelly. And by the way, here we talk about people paying their dues. John Kelly and Joe Buck broadcast in Louisville, but John Kelly was in the minor leagues in Kansas. He broadcast in the minor leagues for a lot of years. He, he was good enough to get a job with the Rangers because he didn't want to get a job because of his dad. He mm-hmm. w- was with the Rangers for a season, then came back here, did the Blues, went to Tampa. He was the first voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then Colorado, where he got those two Stanley Cups before coming back here. He's a, a quite accomplished hockey broadcaster. And I'm glad the road led him back to St. Louis. Yeah, me too. It's good to have him here. And you know, just hearing his voice, though, makes me want to listen to blues hockey when we have curbs on when we have john kelly on, when we talk to dan every day hearing mm-hmm. the voices of the broadcasters that narrate the games for us it just it gives you that ache inside that you miss sports yeah. so much and we're so lucky because if you talk to dan or joe hockey is a hard sport to broadcast you really have to do a great job of conserving words tell the story in few words and john and curbs do a wonderful job of that there if you watch a lot of hockey on tv there's a lot of guys that want to get every single play out of their mouth and you just can't do it and our guys do it perfectly yeah, you, when you think about baseball, the rhythm of the game unfolds a certain way mm-hmm. with the pitch, and you know you're really describing everything that you see. And there's even space in there to tell stories, to you know, kind of banter back and forth with your booth mate there, with your color analyst. But with hockey, everything is unfolding so quickly that there's no way you could get it out. And not only that, sometimes even when we're in the press box, Randy. It's hard to follow the puck. Like, yeah. it, you know, from up from up where they are, you have to be so locked in at all times to be able to not only watch every little nuance of what's happening on the ice, but repeat it to the fans. And one thing that those guys have that I don't is good vision. You yes. need to have good vision, too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> LASIK for sure if you need it. <laughs> you, that's a must of the job. I wonder yeah. if you have to take an eye test to be a hockey broadcaster. At some point, I'm sure you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Michelle will be joined by Freeze Pops, and they will have the fight next on 101 ESPN. Think you can beat down Carriker? We sure hope you can. The Fight with Carriker, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Carriker and Smallman here on 101 ESPN. I am Michelle Smallman. Our co-host Randy Carriker is fully sequestered in the hallway because it's time for the fight. Let's welcome in Tommy Freeze Pops. Freeze Pops, what are we fighting for today? We are fighting for a gift card to Dog Prairie Tavern Experience St. Paul's Hidden Gem as Dog Prairie Tavern is offering carryout food and drinks. And it is now open on the patio with full menu and bar while practicing social distancing, of course. And for everyone not playing in the fight today, we also have a chance for you to score a gift card all week long on the 101 ESPN app. Enter the code word MEAT, M-E-A-T, MEAT, for your chance to win that gift card. One of my favorite words, Michelle, MEAT. You know what? Tom, I'm just going to let that lie, all right? I'm just going to move on quickly and let you implicate yourself there. But thank you for that spelling, as always. Of course. And let's welcome Dallas to the show, our fighter today. Dallas, how are you doing this morning? Good, good. How are you guys? We are doing well on this Tuesday. I almost just said Thursday. I wish it was Thursday. (laughs) But that tells you, I mean, life in quarantine, you just never really know what day it is. But it is, in fact, Tuesday. All right, Dallas, what's your confidence level as you get ready to challenge Randy in the fight? Well, you know, 
to be honest with you, I'd feel a lot better if I was facing DT, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> That's true, wouldn't we all? But you do have the, the added cushion of these questions coming from Freeze Pops, which have tended to be a little bit more on the easy side. So hopefully they're easy enough for you today. All right, you ready to go, Dallas? Let's do it. Question number one. On this day last year, Kawhi Leonard hit his famous game winner for the Toronto Raptors against the Sixers to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Which team was Kawhi drafted by but never played for? Was it the Miami Heat, Indiana Pacers, or Phoenix Suns? Oh, this NBA stuff. Free pop. This is St. Louis, man. Come on. Thank you. Please um, let him know. Please yeah. let him know. Unless it's Jason Tatum yeah. or Bradley Beal, we're not going to know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with the Suns because I'm not real sure, and I've been to Phoenix. So let's go with the Suns. I love that okay. rationale. Way to, way to come to that yeah. conclusion there. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, question number two. Today would have been native St. Louis and in baseball Hall of Famer Yogi Berra's 95th birthday. Which National League team did Yogi finish his career with? Was it the St. Louis Cardinals, the New York Mets, or the San Diego Padres? Oh, my buddies are going to kill me. They're listening. Uh <laughs> I'm going to go with, give me give me those again. The Cardinals, the Mets, or the Padres? I'm going to go with the Mets. Shout out to Dallas's buddies who are listening, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Who is the only person to win both a championship in one of the four major sports and win an Oscar? Is it O.J. Simpson, Michael Jordan, or Kobe Bryant? <laughs> and an Oscar, huh? Well, that whole murder thing. That was uh, Oscar worthy for OJ, so uh, we'll go with OJ and his Oscar winning uh, for the murder. <laughs> so just, right, just, just to clarify allegedly. here, we're saying that the, the murder itself won him an Oscar. <laughs> yes, alleged. Okay. Allegedly. Alleged, of course. Alleged murder. Yes. Well, no, in, yes. in, in fact, two people were murdered. It's just alleged that OJ was the Allegedly he did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But two people yeah. did in fact die. So, alright, freeze box, go ahead. <laughs> Question number four. In 1968, who was the first draft pick in the history of the St. Louis Blues franchise? Was it Gary Edwards, Kurt Bennett, or Mike Lowe? Hey, Kurt. Kurt Bennett. All right. Dallas, after you had the questions, we got to get a confidence check. Are you feeling more or less confident than you did when you started this thing? Uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> not great, as Mo would say. Yeah, yeah as Mo would say. Okay. Not great. Well, Colin is retrieving Randy. Here he comes. Oh, he's got a propel today. So, Oh, no. Hydrated, <laughs> ready to good. go. Randy, say hello to Dallas, your challenger today. Hey, Dallas. How you doing? Good, Randy. How are you, bud? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thanks for uh, listening, and thanks for playing today. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Randy, question number one. On this day last year, Kawhi hit his famous game winner for the Toronto Raptors against the Sixers to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. Which team was Kawhi drafted by but never played for? Ooh. I wasn't aware of this, so I will use the lifeline here. Is it the Miami Heat, the Indiana Pacers, or the Phoenix Suns? Uh, once again, I'll just have to take a uh, shot here. So it's the Pacers, Suns, or Heat? Correct. And I will go, let's see, he would have been 30, so this would have been... I'll go... Let me think if I, there were any trades here that would make sense that a Spur would have wound up on one of those teams. I'm going to go... Go with Phoenix. 
Question number two today would have been Native St. Louis and in Baseball Hall of Famer Yogi Berra's 95th birthday. Which National League team did Yogi finish his career with? The Mets. Question number three, Randy. Who is the only person to win both a championship in one of the four major sports and win an Oscar? An Oscar. I think the award that Kobe won was an Oscar, so I will go with him. Question number four. In 1968, who was the first draft pick in the history of the St. Louis Blues franchise? It was kind of a silly pick, but it made sense. They they had two great goalies. Well, they got another great goalie. Uh, they had uh, Glenn Hall and Jacques Plante, but I believe they took a goalie with their first pick. I think it was Gary Edwards. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Sorry, Dallas. Randy beat you three to one. Randy got the first one wrong. Kawhi was drafted by the Pacers, but never played for huh. them. This is Yogi Bear's, would have been Yogi Bear's 95th birthday. He finished his career with the Mets. Kobe Bryant is the only person to win both a championship of one of the four major sports and win an Oscar for his film, Dear Basketball. Not, in fact, O.J. Simpson for allegedly committing a murder. <laughs> and Gary Edwards was the first draft pick in the history of the St. Louis Blues franchise in 1968. Dallas, thanks so much for playing. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Dallas. Dallas with us on uh, 101 ESPN. <laughs> you missed this, Randy, but Dallas, for question number three, um, his guess was O.J. Simpson for allegedly committing a murder. He thought that maybe that won an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought if I threw uh, O.J. in there because of that documentary, it might throw him off the scent. But that documentary did, in fact, win an Oscar. Correct. The ESPN oh, okay. 30 for 30 docuseries did win an Oscar. So I understand a little bit where Dallas is well, going there. And O.J., uh, I knew it wasn't him because he's working so hard at trying to find the real murderer that he really doesn't have time to do movies. No. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, giving commentary on Carol Baskin from Tiger mm -hmm. King, which I was like, really, OJ? <laughs> Maybe sit this one out. He's so Did you see that? Did you see Tiger King? Did you see Tiger King? Oh, yeah, I did, but I, I can't believe OJ's going there. Oh, yeah, so as we know from Tiger King, a lot of the big groundswell saying Carol Baskin killed her, allegedly killed her husband. OJ Simpson, obviously, we know he loves him some social media, took to social media to say, yes, I believe Carol killed her husband. And I was like, OJ, <laughs> come on. Tap this one out. Don't go there. Come on, bro. Right. Uh, if OJ was ever going to win an Oscar, it would be for editing, right? Because he can really slice well. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> but I'm. Brandon. I thought you were going to say for Naked Gun. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's not where we're going. That's not where we went. <laughs> it's Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Michelle has a new podcast out, Small Things with uh, from Small Talk. And uh, we're going to take a listen to uh, what Michelle has to say about that because it's fun. And uh, there's <laughs> some very powerful intrigue with the latest Small Talk, next on 101 ESPN. Coming up on the next edition of Small Talk, it's Small Things from Small Talk. On 
Robert Radio's deserving delivery saying thank you to those helping care for our community. Today's very deserving delivery is going to the great folks working at the Creve Corps Police Department and Fire Department. Their awesome staff will be enjoying 100 meals today delivered by Walnuts Grill in Chesterfield. Those meals are courtesy of Hubbard St. Louis and our good friends at Golden Oak Lending. Thank you, Golden Oak Lending, and our continued gratitude to all those great folks working in our medical community and on the front lines from our station and the entire Hubbard St. Louis Radio family. So uh, thanks to our friends. I know a lot of the Creve Corps police officers and firefighters are tuned in, and we appreciate them doing so, and we appreciate all that they do for us. Absolutely. Big fan of the Creve Corps Fire Department and the Police Department. We've met some of them, and just outstanding people, and thank you for protecting and serving. Yeah, generally under good circumstances. Not always, but generally we've met those police officers under under good circumstances. Not always great circumstances, Randy. <laughs> but you know what? Thankful to have met them nonetheless. One of the great <laughs> great podcasts in this vast podcast universe <laughs> is Small Talk with Michelle Smallman. And uh, every week you have a fantastic take on what's going on in the world. And you've got a new one out now. Yes, Randy, we've uh, we've been cranking out some quarantine podcasts because really we've got nothing else to do. So we thought, <laughs> why not generate some content? So, Randy, have you ever had ice cream from Clementine's Creamery? I have not. Well, you should. It's delicious. And um, in honor of 420, they had four new flavors that they dropped and they had gifted me some of them and one of them was called the dude in honor of the big lebowski so i had revealed on my instagram story that i had never seen the big lebowski and i have never in my life gotten backlash like i got from that revelation oh my gosh i thought this was a safe space that i could just say hey this was something i haven't done but you know intend to do people were like what is wrong with you how have you gone this far in life without watching this movie i was a fan and now i'm not until you see this movie so i spoke about this on my podcast with my podcast co-host Steve Cerruti and said, you know what? There is a lot of movies out there that I probably should have seen right now that I haven't seen that when I bring up the fact that I haven't seen them, people are upset by it. So we put together our top 10 list of movies we haven't seen that we should see and we've been slowly whittling them down. So uh, I did in fact watch The Big Lebowski. Next up on the list was Saving Private Ryan, which I got into last night. Fell asleep. Need to finish it. But I wanted to throw it to you, Randy. There's got to be a movie out there that you haven't seen, that you should have seen, that if you reveal it, people are going to be upset that you haven't seen it. Star Wars. I, said, I haven't seen Star Wars either, any of them. Yeah, I haven't either. I've never seen one. Do you have a desire to watch Star Wars? I don't. I don't either. And it's not that I don't think it's a good movie. There's so many of them that now for you to watch Star Wars, it's a commitment. You can't just queue it up for two or three hours and then you're done. You have to be committed to essentially watch every Star Wars movie that's out there. I have a friend that said that the Batman trilogy is like the three best movies of all time. The best trilogy ever. And I have not seen them either. Which Batman though? It's one, two, and three. So the the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, all of that stuff, the originals. Oh, okay. So I did, are we talking Heath Ledger, Dark Knight? Yeah. I did see that, but I didn't see the one after that. Okay. I've been told that you uh, you have to see the trilogy, and I still haven't done that yet either. So, yeah, that's Yeah, I would think that there will be people that will hate me for that. Well, Steve Cerruti, again, podcast co-host, you should follow him, at Cerruti, he's the best. He hadn't seen Goodfellas. Please tell me you've at least seen Goodfellas. I've seen Goodfellas, And yeah. what's your rating on that? As far as overall movies or just gangster movies? Overall movies. Like out of 10. We do one out of 10. Okay, one out of 10. Uh, Goodfellas is clearly an eight and a half. I gave it a 10 of 10. I thought it was so well done. I loved it. I couldn't believe that he had gone this far in life without seeing that movie. And then I thought, oh, wait, this is how people feel about me not watching Lebowski. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I think that there comes a point where a movie can be too violent. And that's why I would... Not that I'm one of those people. I'm okay with violence. <laughs> I, I think that that would be the only thing that I would take away. But the storytelling was, and the cinematography was brilliant. Brilliant. So another thing we talked about, Randy, if someone said to you, you look like Russell Brand today, mm-hmm. is that a compliment or a diss? <laughs> I think it's a diss. <laughs> Why do you think it's a diss? Yeah, he's he just seems to be... Uh, scraggly, uh, wiry is too kind of a term. He kind of looks like a meth addict. (laughs) We went from scraggly to meth addict. We went from zero to 60 quick. I I was trying to be kind. (laughs) Well, meth addict, that's certainly descriptive. (laughs) So I was saying that a lot of people in quarantine, we haven't gotten our hair done in a Mm -hmm. while. And... You know, if you're going to bed with your hair wet and you haven't been styling it, people are getting a little bit of the Russell Brand kind of rat's nest (laughs) situation going on. And I was explaining this to Saruti and I was like, I woke up and I felt I looked in the mirror and I was like, you look like Russell Brand today. Like things (laughs) are rough. And he goes, I would think that that's a compliment that Russell Brand is hot. And he said that it's kind of like nomadic, um, you know, kind of drifter chic. And so we did uh, a group text to my girlfriends and his guy friends. Just no context. Is Russell Brand hot? Mm-hmm. All of the girls except for one said no. And all of the guys essentially said yes. Wow. Yeah. That's why I had to ask you. If I mean, no disrespect to Russell Brand, good looking guy, funny guy. But I wouldn't necessarily say he's hot, would you? No. I, I mean, you went meth addict, no, so no. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he uh, he looks like he, somebody that you'd typically see on stlmugshots.com. <laughs> Do you frequent stlmugshots.com often? Oh, it's often? the best. They've got a match game. It's the best. What's the match game? You have oh, to describe ma- match, this. You, so they've got mugshots of pretty much everybody that gets arrested in the St. Louis metro area. Okay, I'm you, heading there now. Okay, so stlmugshots.com. It's the best. Oh, matching game. Yeah, and that's the the match wow. game is the best. You match the person to uh, the crime that they are arrested for. And it's fantastic. Me and Thompson played this for hours, and it's unbelievable. It's it, it, the game is the best. So yeah, you'll love it. So does the, just look at a, any typical mugshot. Does not Russell Brand look like a typical mugshot on STLMugshots.com? <laughs> kind of. And what would you if you saw Russell Brand's photo and you had to play the matching game? What would you? What um, burglary? I was going to say, what would you connect him with? I'm kind of looking at the different. See, I would say, um, like maybe pot, possession of a controlled substance. Yeah, I was thinking controlled substance, but I was, again, thinking meth. (laughs) Randy! You know, there's a lot of people out there that are bored, and I think that, that you've just given them a gift with STL People are going to be like, what did you do in quarantine? I spent a lot of time on STL <laughs> And you can, you can like, check your zip code and stuff. Yeah, so I don't you, know if I want to check my well, zip code. And here's the thing. Okay, here's... That's probably frightening. Okay, we're going to find out if Michelle has been arrested lately. <laughs> well, I can tell you the answers now. Okay, so... Well, Never had a mugshot in my life. Okay. Um, if I did, it would definitely resemble Lindsay Lohan with like the crying <laughs> eye makeup everywhere. I would be hysterical. I'd be so afraid. Yeah, okay. I'm not finding any smallmans that have been arrested. Is there a character mugshot? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I, hope not. I was like, are we uh, leading down this path? Oh, let's uh, hold on. We're going to check. If there was, I would be smiling. Uh, no. 
No. No such luck. Okay, we got to hear about this, the uh, cheater. Yes. Okay, so one of the things that we had talked about on the podcast is just, okay, people cheat, right? We know that they cheat. We are not condoning it. We are not a pro-cheating podcast. It, you know, we think it's terrible that people do this. But we were talking about it from a logistic standpoint, okay? If you are in a committed relationship with someone and you have a full-time job and perhaps a family and friends and you're going to work out, hopefully, and, you know, you're cooking, there's just a lot of things that you have to do in your day-to-day life. We were saying from a logistical standpoint, how do you conduct an affair? It seems like, I mean, Steve and I were saying we're too lazy to ever be able to execute something like that. I mean, we're just, I don't have the time in a day to carry on with multiple people and think about, okay, we're going to meet at X spot. How am I going to hide this from my significant other? I need to delete all this stuff off my phone. It just seems exhausting to me, right? So we kind of put out the call and we said, hey, if you've ever been in a committed relationship and carried on an affair, right? We want something that wasn't just once or twice on a business trip at a hotel bar. You know, not that we're condoning that either, but we want to know logistics here. So we heard from a bunch of people and we picked one and we called him and his name was Matt. And he revealed to us how he conducted an affair for over a year and a half. And we've been getting a lot of feedback. And people said it's one of the most compelling interviews they've ever heard. I mean, I don't I don't want to say it's going to win awards, but it might. It should. <laughs> and, and, but still. And he was quite forthcoming. Yes, I was shocked at how how um, forthcoming and he was and just what he was willing to reveal. And what, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway from it is that the person we spoke to is I don't think your typical cheater because this this affair that he carried on was in two parts and the first time that he did it he did it like three or four times with this woman it was his running partner which by the way if I ever get married my husband's not allowed to go running with a woman ever it's just not going to happen after <laughs> this interview um, he told his wife and his family 15 days after he first did it now then after that he subsequently then rekindled with this woman and carried on for another year and a half. But I don't know Can't many have a running partner. Right, exactly. I mean, you got to stay in shape, right, Randy? But I just, I don't know many people that after 15 days of doing this would be like, you know what? I'm going to confess. Mm-hmm. Right. But I also think yeah. after listening to him, he clearly felt terrible about what happened. He's guilt no ridden, right? guilt ridden. He's no longer with either of these women, but. I, I think my takeaway from it was that he didn't seem like a bad guy. He just made a really bad decision. And I think, you know, we want to paint cheaters with a broad brush. And again, not condoning it. I think it's terrible. And he obviously realized that he caused pain to a lot of different people. But, you know, now he's alone. Like, conducting an affair, it seems like it's very isolating. Because he talked about how he couldn't talk to anybody about this except for this person. And he felt like they were on an island together. And even if he didn't want to carry it on further, she was really the only person that he had that he could talk to. Because everybody else was mad at him because he had confessed. So, it, it was a very interesting conversation and I've been hearing from a lot of different people who are either very pro Matt and him being so revealing or very anti Matt and they're they're angry that we didn't push him a little further. Those are some small things from Small Talk. How can people find the podcast? Head to Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Search for Small Talk. It is a black box with a, a white writing in the corner. And then people have to subscribe. Yeah, you can listen to it, and download then, it, subscribe, rate it five stars, and review rate it. Rate five stars. There I you know. go. It's that simple. Have you done that yet, Randy? I have. Okay, thank you. As a matter of fact, it's great. You, you two do great work. Thank you.
that small things with small talk. Find Michelle's podcast, as she mentioned, at Podcast One. Or and, I've tweeted it at M. Yeah, Smallman. Yeah, you, you can, can always find it. Pinned. Uh, that's right. And, and she is on Instagram and Twitter at M. Smallman. You can find me on Twitter at Randy Carricker or on Instagram at RJ Carricker. Coming up, today's big thing on 101 ESPN. That was the Carriker and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.